doing? We're back. We haven't been anywhere. Literally. Literally nowhere. <laughs> We're back. I think in the last episode, we said, like, oh, the country's not on lockdown, but it will be soon. Mm-hmm. Pretty much as we were recording that, it was announced the country was put on lockdown. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yes. So, here we are, indoors. No jobs. What <laughs> day is it even today? Um, <laughs> it's... I want to say Wednesday? It is Wednesday. It is yeah. Wednesday. I lost track over the weekend. But yeah, we are in a Wednesday. Mm. And we're here, um, yeah, in the ghost town. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not quite as ghostly as it should be out there. Just saying, people. Yeah. Get the <laughs> fuck back indoors. <laughs> um, actually, yeah. Today, when I went out on my daily exercise, I did see a group of like four people mm. walking down the road with a football. It's like, where are you going? <laughs> like, yeah. You're gonna have a little kick around. Um, so yeah, this is still going on. It will be for the foreseeable future. On the plus side, I've watched a lot of films recently. Yeah, there's a, yeah. like I said, you should try and use this time wisely to get things done. Um, mm. Otherwise, you will get very bored very quickly and go mad. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> should have taken that advice a little bit earlier myself. <laughs> yeah, I watched, obviously, um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine Season 6, mm-hmm. just dropped on Netflix. And I got so lazy that when it finished... And it just came up to start again. I was like, I can only be bothered to push one button. Mm. So I'm now just watching it from season one again. Yeah. yeah. In the mornings and in the evenings, I'm streaming season seven. <laughs> I'm, I'm hitting that boredom phase. Obviously, like my big thing to do is gaming. Mm-hmm. And like, I've tried starting up like a couple of new games. And I'm getting 20 minutes into them. And just being like, I don't have the energy to learn anything new. Yeah, it's strange. It seems to sort of somehow lose energy. Through not using energy. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I can't be bothered. I have, I have all the time to do everything, and I can't be bothered to do anything. Mm. Picked up my guitar again for about half hour the other day. That was about the most productive thing I've done, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that. I know you're all stuck in the same situation. So, you know, just... What's it? Stay safe. Yeah. Stick Hang up in there. <laughs> Try not to lose it. Uh... Some woman screamed at me at the supermarket. Did I tell you about that? I heard about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I yeah. inadvertently walked near her. Because mm. basically, when you go into the, the Asda's big supermarket now, instead of the usual way that you'd walk in, you have to go around the other end and queue, mm. which I didn't realise. So I, I went to walk in the usual way, and there was a woman stood there. I guess had made the same mistake, and she suddenly came to a stop, mm. and I sort of nearly walked into her, and she just like, whap! completely lost her mind and started screaming at me she's like okay calm the fuck down mm. um and then five minutes later she did it to somebody else <laughs> so you're not helping the situation no just by being hysterical i think you can project germs from your mouth at least like three four times further if you're shouting surely there's extra projection behind that shit yeah your own worst so. enemy. yeah so um i had an odd one mm-hmm. um <clears throat> down and have a cigarette by the front door about three o'clock in the morning a couple of nights ago and um a couple of what i assumed to be homeless people walking by asked me if they could grab a fag off me i said sorry i'm literally sat here in my pajamas like i don't have anything on me um the guy then tried to decide to stand up a lot straighter change his voice put his hand in his jacket pretend to reach for a police id told me that i was uh, in violation of the lockdown 
tried to get me to hand my cigarette over. <laughs> um, so yeah, homeless people trying to con you by pretending to be police officers. Yeah. Okay. So everyone's dealing with this all in very lovely humanitarian. They're kind of the only people left on the street now. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what are you going to say, man? I've got sympathy for them. Like, you know, they could get infected. They could be stuck out on the street and then die in the fucking streets. But, yeah, but, but you can't impersonate police officers. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. That, um, is, that is illegal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, what else other than this? Um, not much because the world's kind of grinding to a halt. So there's not much to really. Oh, Invisible Man, like we said, you said, mm. is being streamed. You can buy it for home release. Yeah. Um, I think it's like 14 quid for the HD edition. Yeah. Quite fancy giving that a go at some point. So the final nail in the coffin of cinema. Mm. Is that, it's, that's it, it's done. Now the, the problem I've said with this, as I mentioned to you the other night, is if they're releasing stuff that early digitally, it means there are digital copies online, which means piracy has just been made a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, I'm not going to pay for it. I wouldn't plan it on it. <laughs> like, $14 or just the exact same coffee for free. I don't want to be a dick or anything, but... I need to check in on my Fap Titans in the yeah. adverts. You know. We're not working at the moment. I think I'm just going to watch it for free, <laughs> if that's okay with you. Universal, we've mm. killed cinema. Thank you. Uh, bastards. But then again, it's yeah, also our fault for watching it. Eh. But they shouldn't have released it. Well, apparently we're funding terrorism if we watch pirate copies online. And I'm pretty sure I'm funding webcams from all the adverts I'm getting. Okay. But that was what the old thing you said. If you, if you watch a DVD and you haven't paid for, you're, you, you're funding terrorism. You wouldn't steal a car. Do you remember those ones I from do the remember 90s? Those ones. You wouldn't steal a car. It's only because I can't drive. Yeah, you wouldn't steal this. Like, Sorry, if I could drive and you showed me <clears> a completely <throat> unattended, I don't know, fucking Pontiac with the keys in the fucking ignition, I'm going for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that is us, I guess, up to date. Oh, the one little horror piece of news: the composer for The Exorcist uh, passed away three days ago. Oh, yeah. oh, and as did um, the guy that did Reanimator. Yes, he did. Uh, Stuart Gordon. Yes. Yes. And when did Max von Sydow die? Or was that? I think that that was before. I think that was before all this happened. Yeah. Cool. Um, mm-hmm. So. Some time ago, we did an episode on video games, yeah. and the time has come, once again, to let Lee out of his little nerd cage. Yay! And we're doing more video games. Yeah. Hey, that's twice recently. I got to do horror comic books as well. I'm a lucky oh, yeah. boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a, a well-lucky boy. Yeah, I can sit back. Yep, you sit back. You enjoy your beer. Yeah, no rum. No rum. No. Um, so, yeah. Let us have it. Okay, well, obviously, um, we did an intro on horror and video games the last time, so if you mm. want to hear more about how it all started, which wasn't that much, to be honest, like, they, were, they released a game in 1987 that was scary, it just kind of carried on from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we're gonna, I've got all these in chronological order, um, it just seems to be the best way to do them. I've played all of these games, I've finished 90% of them. Oh. Um, I was trying to finish this first one, but unfortunately, um, this is now only available on Android, as far as I could find it, unless you're a PC gamer, which I'm not. What is Android? Android, like your tablet or your phone. If, oh, right, if yeah, the thing I don't have. Yeah, 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 if, yeah, if you're not an iPhone user. Yes. And you are, I believe, an iPhone user. I am. I think it's on the Apple Store as well, but if it's not, I'm going to be honest with this one, you're not missing out on a whole lot. Great start. Um, the, the actual the setup and everything for this is absolutely brilliant. It's based on a short story that was written in 1967 by Mr. Harlan Ellison. 
And I've actually mentioned on a previous episode about this because I did actually go and read the, the short story at one point. It's called I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. Ah, uh, yeah, it sounds horrifying. It's absolutely like one of syndrome. the it's absolutely one of the worst things I've ever heard. Uh, to summarise the the plot of the book very quickly, um, spoilers. It was written like forty years ago, but just in case fifty years ago, in fact. Oh, so I'm going to read it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's good. I'd, I'd honestly, if you've got literally, you can read this in five <clears> minutes. <throat> if you've got a spare five minutes, I'd honestly recommend giving it a go and then not Have sleeping. Have I got right. a spare five minutes? All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> To anyone else out there who's not being a sarky piece of shit, <laughs> yeah, give it a read. Literally, read, read in five, ten minutes. Top. I've upped it to ten in case you want to read slowly, make yourself a cup of tea halfway through. Okay. The basic plot is um, a huge sort of master computer a la Skynet is built called AM, um, which just stands for Allied Master Computer. Um, there are several others of these built around, like all the great sort of like world superpowers have them. Um, and they're basically meant to sort of uh, remotely fight any war that's too complicated for mankind. So, so once we've pussied out. Yes, once we've pussied out. Apparently we pussy out real quick. All the computers all link up together to form one giant AI mm. um, who then decides that humanity is the greatest threat and wipes everything out, apart from five lone survivors. And we think that's what's happened. As it turns out, it, um, Am has become sentient and just absolutely fucking hates the human race. So it is like Skynet. Uh, the thing it goes with in terms of motivation is you've given me all this power and there's nothing I can do with it. Mm. And you've made me completely sentient. I can't move about. I can't live. I can't learn. I can't love. I can't do anything because I know I'm a fucking computer. Yeah. And so for that, he, ha- he hates his own existence and desi- decides to exact his revenge uh, for all of eternity on five remaining human beings by keeping them alive, genetically mutating them, torturing them. There's a woman in the group who is being has been described as in the book. She was once chased. She's literally slept with two people in her life, it turns out. Um, and other than that, she's gone completely virginal. You know, she don't put out. Right. So the computer makes the uh, other four members of the group, who are all men, uh, take turns at protecting and raping her, basically. It's... Like, this is a whole special level of fucked up, this whole book. Harsh. Um, the main guy who's in there was... Um, so one of the, like, the first guys you play in the game is a guy called Gorister. Um, he was like an idealist and a pacifist who's now been so beaten down by like the torture and like mental strain of it all that he's now just completely apathetic and listless. The guy's literally walking nihilism. He gives no fucks about anything. Hmm. Um, let's say with Ellen, we've mentioned. Benny is a guy who was once a brilliant scientist who's now been uh, physically morphed into this like ape-like thing. He's been blinded. Um, yeah, apparently this thing can control your genes, genealogy... If it wants to turn you into an octopus, it could turn you into an octopus just like that. This sounds yeah. horrible. It is. <laughs> this fucking this horrible. sounds fucking horrible. Um, he's also um, been granted, shall we say, an enormous sexual appendage. Apparently, um, what the really twisted trick that the computer has played on the girls is the only time she enjoys the sex that she has to have with these people is when she's basically getting her insides minced by this guy and his giant mighty joe dong like wow yeah uh gets better um there is a german guy in there um it's not actually mentioned in the book it's only brought up in the game which was co-written by harlan ellison as an expansion of his book he is um a nazi scientist oh 
Um, if I say during the game, I chose to play as him first because I was like, right, let's get the worst out of the way, shall we? Yeah. Uh, one, I was wrong. It ain't the fucking worst. Uh, and the first thing you do is you walk into a concentration camp where it says that you're now late for surgery. And you walk into a room to perform surgery and they've got, uh, I think it's a 12-year-old boy lying down on a gurney. And they're like, cool, remove the lower half of his spine for us. And that's what you initially think. This is a have. playable feature in the this game. This is a playable feature in the game. <clears throat> this is done. This was made in 1995, so this is like an old point-and-click adventure-style game. Think like Monkey Island, Grim Fandango, but Day of the Tentacle. I'm aware they've done like sci-fi games and sci-fi sort of like thrillers with a sense of humour to them before. This mm. is the most humourless, horrible, How is this not nihilistic. Bad? It was edited in several countries. Um, in Germany, all of the stuff, the entire character of the German scientist was released. Um, he was removed in Germany. Right. Not put in there at all. Um, the French didn't like the whole Nazi connotations to it either, so I believe he was completely edited out of their version of it. The main computer, Am, is actually voiced by Harlan Ellison himself. And yeah, what's his story? His story <laughs> is he's, he's a very sort of dystopian nihilistic person in himself he's got absolutely no faith in humanity is that moody rob zombie loving kid from school um rob zombie would have looked up to this guy <laughs> he right. is el miserable like, okay so he fucking hates humanity he's the goth from is. south park yeah he's that right he's that um but like when he does the voiceover for this machine i don't think he's acting man he <laughs> <laughs> just sounds like he genuinely hates them um and it's like the opening speech. You can watch you can watch a full playthrough on YouTube. Again, we've all got nothing better to do. You just go watch a playthrough of this. It'll take you two hours on YouTube. You can like it's a short game. You can get through it quick. Whether or not you want to is entirely up to you. Um, I'm go I'm just going to skip across to the endings now because the ending of the book and the ending of the game can be very different. As in, there is actually a happy ending to the game, okay. sort of. <laughs> The happy ending being, it turns out that you could you go inside the, the or Am's kind of like mainframe. He kind of invites you into it because you pass a test of his, and he's just basically trying to show you how fucked you are. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can find various bits of him, interact with them. Um, if you can confuse him enough, essentially, and he you go against complete and total logic, then he can't hack it, and each bit of his brain starts to shut down until eventually you can shut down the whole thing in its entirety. And it turns out there were 300 people cryogenically frozen on the face of the moon at the moment that we've sent up there for just such an eventuality. And we actually get them back down and you can spend, it basically it'll take 300 years to recolonize the Earth. However, Am has already said, this is a temporary setback. I'm already working on my sort of like return, so to speak. So Fuck's sake, Am. God damn it. Hmm. And obviously, yes, the whole name Am is a whole play on the whole I think, therefore I am. So... Um, and that's the game ending. That that's that's the game ending. The book ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in the book, the main guy that we are sort of who is our narrator is called Ted, who um, believes that he hasn't been altered in any way by um. He thinks he's still within his own self, but it turns out he's wrong. He's not. He's been. He's like massively delusional. He's hugely paranoid. But at the end of it all, he thinks he's figured out a way to get out of it all which is to permanently kill everyone that he's with and himself. Like basically, the idea is Am can take you to the brink of death. But it can't kill you. But can't actually kill you. If you're dead dead, it can't bring you back. If you're like in a coma, it can bring you back. It could literally splice you to a million pieces and then just instantly stitch you back together again before your body realises it's dead. But if you like put into a permanent state of death, you're fucked. 
Right. So he grabs a stalagmite, murders two of the other people, um, that being the German scientist and um, Gorister, the idealist pacifist who's now a nihilist. He kills both of them. Um, sorry, no, he kills Benny, the ape guy. Um, Ellen figures out what he's doing and why he's doing it, so she then turns around, grabs a rock and kills Benny, the ape guy, with it. Ted then turns around and kills Ellen, professing that he's been in love with her the whole time, because, you know, you've got to have that extra fucking tragedy mm -hmm. on it. Um, Am realises what's going on and just freezes him on the spot and morphs him into this gelatinous blob. No arms, no legs, no eyes, no mouth, no nothing. All it can do is feel pain and scream internally. And so it just ups the torture a hundredfold and just leaves him trapped for all eternity, completely unable to move, inflicting this like countless amounts of pain on him. And the last line of the book is, I have no mouth and I must scream. And that's how that ends. Um... Bummer. Yeah. <laughs> That's bleak. That, I mean, this, <laughs> this bleak. Is, it's the bleakest thing I've ever read. Like, it is horrible. Um, I liked the idea of finding out this is a game, particularly when I found out it was an adventure game. But it's buggy as all hell. It's one of the ones where, like, there are fail states. If you get puzzles wrong in a certain order, you have to restart entire sections. You have to mm. constantly keep saving or you completely screw your game. Like, um, And that makes it really, really annoying. I tried to play through it about four times and on the last time I was even using a guide and as I got to one point each time the game just kept crashing on me and shutting down. Was on down. PC or? Uh, it was on PC originally. Um, I think you could get it on like other sort of like desktop gaming computers back then. Um, again, if you want to try and play it, it's on the Android store for a couple of quid. I think I picked it up for like two fifty, three quid. Mm -hmm. um, or you can just listen to the trauma in my voice <laughs> and decide it's probably best to give it a a miss, but honestly, I do really recommend reading the short story. Um, it won a Hugo Award in 1968. It's got to be good. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that is I have no mouth and I must scream. 1995. Heavy. Yeah. <laughs> no desire to run out and play that one then. No? Uh, in this uh, this particular time, no. I know I've got a lot of time on my hands, but. I don't want to go down that hole. No, name of someone's sex tape. Yes, mate, thank you. There's my one per show. All right. I'll probably get in another one later. All right, so we're going to jump way forward. Like most of the rest of the games are a lot more modern. Um, so, like I say, our next one, we're going from 1995 to 2013. Oh. And I'm actually, I went back and I played a game that the last time we talked about video games, I said I wasn't going to go back and play because it scared the shit out of me. So I went back to try and play it anyway. Still pretty fucking scary. Mm -hmm. But it's one of these games where it starts, if you can stick with it for enough amount of time in one go, the fear factor starts to drop a bit. Because this game is basically Jump Simulator, the video game. Right. Or Jump Scare Simulator, the game, rather. Um, this is Outlast. At last. Outlast. At last. <laughs> Fuck you. And my funny <laughs> pronunciations. <laughs> Outlast. Outlast. Yes. Uh, this was made 2013. It was developed and published by Red Barrels Games. Um, they're sort of like a mishmash of a bunch of other different studios. A lot of people used to work like the old Ubisoft offices. Okay. So they've worked on things like Assassin's Creed and Prince of Persia. And they went, oh, let's, let's try and make a game that's going to scare some people. It's like, ah, how much do you want to scare them? It's like, wow, I haven't made anyone's heart stop for a while. <laughs> Um, I think I can say honestly the opening hour of this game is the most tense I've ever ever been playing a game 
Uh, I think I mentioned when we talked about it last, I physically threw my pad across the room. It was like, no, no, I'm out. Got up, went outside for five minutes, came back, sat down and try and play it again. And like, I'm all right. Like, I'm fine. I, I need to do this. But I decided to man up and go back and play it. So the uh, the plot to this one is you play... So this is all done in first person, this one. So this is much more modern again. We're back in, like, realistic-looking graphics. Yeah. Um, at times... Graphics like apart from the faces of the characters, the graphics do look borderline real at points. Like it's not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said this one's mainly about making you jump, but it does have a lot of sort of like nasty little things that when you stop and think about them, there's like a little bit of environmental story storytelling going on as well. Mm. Um, but so yeah, you play as a guy called Miles Upshaw. You're a freelance journalist who's received notification from somebody that um, there's something going on at this uh, mental institute. I've forgotten to write down the name of the mental institute. Arkham. It's sadly not, no. It's not, not Miskatonic either. Mm. But, um, so you get there. Uh, my friend of mine really, really made me laugh because apparently his job, um, the, the job that you're given in the game is to go and find out if there's something weird going on over there. And I bumped into my mate the next day after we'd both tried to play it for a bit. And I was like, oh, so how'd you get on with that last? He's like, yeah, finished it, mate. I was like, what do you mean, finished it? He's like, yeah, finished it. I can see where it's going. It took me two minutes. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, it's like, well, you get a video camera to film everything that's going on. Went up, filmed a window. There was some dude doing a crazy dance in it. He screamed and ran away. Yeah, there's weird shit going yeah. there. I got back in my car and fucked off. Like, Job done. That's it, yeah. Um, I didn't take that approach. I actually made my way in. Um, so, yeah, you're going into this old mental institute. Shit is just fucked in here. Like... Obviously, some form of attack has happened. You find out um, that a load of the sort of like the doctors and the people in there have all just gone freaking nuts and started worshiping something called the Wall Rider. Okay. Um, which you don't actually see until probably a good halfway into the game, if if even that early. Um, I sat and did it pretty much all in one block when I went back and did it all. So I'm a bit skew on time scale. I was like literally just sat there for like five hours just getting through the whole thing. Because again, it's quite a short game. You can finish it in about five hours. Uh, the big hook for this one is it's almost like found footage, the video game. Yeah, I'm just so, looking at some screenshots of it. Mm -hmm. Please, do, do give me your impressions. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> that's, an, that's another nope. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've said before, like I'm a big fan of the handheld camera genre when it comes to horror. Anyway, I think when done right, it can work really, really well. Yeah, I still want to be on the other end of the camera, yeah, which essentially you are. That's the thing with video games. I find exactly where I was going to say. Yeah. Scary video games, way scarier than films because you are there. That's all you are. That is you. You are controlling it, and you are making them see. It's like, hmm, do I want to turn around? Mm. No, I don't. Because no. <laughs> I know something horrible is going to be there. Another mate of mine was actually playing a game called The Suffering one time, which is kind of like an action horror game that starts off in a prison and you sort of like slowly get taken over by and attacked by demons. And you're sort of like becoming more and more demonic yourself. And he says he was playing like the first half an hour of that. And just a bit where he just walked up to the corridor, just opened this massive door, saw this huge demon the other side of it facing the other way, just quietly closed the door and went, I'm not going that way. <laughs> yeah. Friends like, well, what if that's the way the end of the game is? It's like, yes, I'm never finishing it then, because I am not going that way. Actually, there was... Um, so I recently played that um, Fallen Order, mm. the Star Wars game, and you didn't tell me there were some big spiders in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> and there's a bit on... I think it's Kashyyyk, mm. and there's like a certain area to go. I was like, 
I'm not going down there. Because it's all big and open and I know what's going to be in there. It's like I can see webs. I'm like I know what it is. And I just didn't do that bit of the game. I was like, no. Nope. <laughs> like, that's a secret boss bit, that one. You don't have to do that bit. Good, because I didn't, because I knew what it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. Weirdly, when it comes to spiders in games, like... I'm not too bad with them normally unless they're, oh, no, unless they're really well animated. No, Whoa. don't be wrong, those ones were. It's when they jump up behind you mm. and it's just like, oh, fuck, there it is. I think I can remember one of the Lord of the Rings games. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because there's a big-ass spider in that film. Yeah, Shelob. Yeah. Fuck that. That's horrible. Mm. They really confuse you if you play the new, well, not the new, but the newest one, Lords of, it's called uh, Middle-Earth Shadow of War. Yeah, and like one of the people you're actually working for that in that yeah, is the giant spider, but she starts crawl like the cr spider's crawling down the wall, and all of a sudden this gas starts to come out, and suddenly she stood there as this like absolutely stunning goth woman, and it's like ah oh, okay that's how I die, because uh -huh. uh, that's even triskier man. Like don't put a spider inside a beautiful woman and then go oh hey, because <laughs> I'm a dead man. Oh also I'm an idiot. Uh, before we move on. Just one more thing about spiders. Yeah, that film Itsy Bitsy, you watched the trailer for, and we were like, oh, fuck mm. that. It's on Amazon Prime. Oh, let's do it. Oh! Come on, let's do it. Let's man up and do it. We'll do it. We'll do a one off special on how much we crapped our pants. We'll both get a bucket each, and whoever fills it up the most loses. I'll think about it. I really hate spiders. <laughs> we need to watch that one possum as well with the weird spider head thing and that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do we? Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. We've got weeks to recover. That's true. Yeah. Oh, God. My skin's crawling just thinking about them. The worst bit in a game for spiders for me is in um, Uncharted 3, of all things. No, I've not played it. Um, so it's like an Indiana Jonesy Tomb Raider style game, but fast cracking, wise cracking, you know, humour kind of protagonist. Also. Basically, imagine Nathan Fillion in Firefly. Okay. Yeah, you're playing as him, but he's Indiana Jones. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, it totally fucking works. Um, it's really good fun. But there's a bit in the third game where you go down into this um, like underground cavern. Uh -huh. um, oh, yeah. Uh, now, these spiders, they're probably about the size of huntsman spiders. Mm. But there's about five fucking hundred of them. Mm. And there's just a scene where you are running away from them. And you've got kind of like wave a torch behind you. You've got, as you're moving through them, like in closed areas, you've got to wave the torch at the floor to try and like clear a path through them. And when they get you, the animation of them just covering you yeah. gets me every time. I finished the game three or four times, and just this one little section, I'm like, I could just skip this. Never the good guys in films or video games, are they? No. Well, I wonder why. No. They are <laughs> Satan's little minions. Like yeah. I said, nothing needs more than four legs. <laughs> like, absolutely nothing. Right. Anyway, to go back to the Outlast. So, yeah, as I say, the main, the main objective of this is, like I say, they're trying to make it almost feel a bit found footage-y. Mm -hmm. um, it isn't a found footage game, because obviously you're the one creating the footage in the first place. Yeah. And I've watched someone do an edit of what it would look like if you stitched together all the um, footage that you actually capture. And it's a lot of clicking on, clicking off, walking, walking, and then sudden sharp right turns and fucking running. Um, but the worst part about it is about 70% of the map is in absolute pitch black. I did see no screenshots. It all looks like a lot of black lights or it's green lights. A lot right? of night vision going on. Yeah. Um, it's all. Did you say you've seen the movie Wreck or Quarantine? No, but I know what you mean. Like the, um, like in one of the final scenes of Science of the Lambs, mm, which is yeah. a POV shot. 
uh, first person in the night vision goggles, mm. and that that's terrifying. Yeah, that's scary enough. But now yeah. imagine if remember though in that that's the guy who is the threat that's doing it. So he was fine. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> there are a couple of times in this you'll be sneaking towards something, and you 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 can almost tell when your character's not moving forward. And you're like, okay, I've hit a wall, haven't I? And then you just turn the light on, and you've hit a window, and behind the window there's just something just glaring at you. Um, everyone in there a lot of the inmates have all been like surgically modified by someone as well when I said like there's a bit to go on about like talking about environmental storytelling like you find one guy who's been completely had at by this mad surgeon doctor and every single ounce of him is covered in scars his mouth has been borderline sewn shut his nose is sewn shut his eyes have been removed and sewn shut genitals been removed and all that's been stitched up and like you're sat in front of him fucking legs akimbo and like you can see this he's still sat in a puddle of blood from it all so like you're like this has been recent um <laughs> i hope i do not meet this guy spoilers you do and uh, um, also spoilers it's the best part of the game when you do the characterization of the doctor in it is brilliant fucking scary he is an absolute nutter um so your whole plan was to try and find out what's been going on. You get attacked, you get grabbed, you get kidnapped, and then you've escaped. And literally all you've got is this video camera. So there's no fighting back. There's no like... Oh, it's not like a shooter then? No, it's not a shooter. It's This is a very it's... much a, a runaway and hide game. Oh, uh, okay. Um, so they give you a slight advantage. If you're very careful, you can pretty much use parkour in it. So you can sprint over desks and run away and go, wow, I looked really agile while I did that. I mean, there's still a guy with a fucking axe chasing after me. He's not slowing down, but... Um, and then I say this wall rider thing that you see is genuinely really creepy as well. Um, it, you think it's some kind of mental murderous poltergeist that's just grabbing people, picking them up. And you see it, it like picks people up, folds them in half, slams them against the walls a few times and just slingshots them across the room. Um, it turns out it's actually one of their patients who's got some kind of um, almost like the next stage of brain evolution so he can like start to like look at sort of extrasensory perception and things like that so they plug him into this machine and he's able to control like a field of nanites like a little swarm cloud of nanites like little tiny robots mm. think like Iron Man's armour in those movies you love so much that's the stupidest bit about all those films. That's the stupidest bit. There's a talking fucking raccoon with a gun, dude. I like raccoons. I don't like raccoons His stupid with guns. nanobot things are. What is that film that he does that? Yeah, it's Infinity War. Well, no, it's the thing them. where he. It's the bloody Spider-Man one, where he shows up. Mm. Like the fairy has been split. In oh half. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that's okay. I've got all this. Oh, you just happen to have all that stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, that's the Laura comics in it. You can vent anything off screen. Um, but yeah, no, even I thought that was. You know, I think I've said I'm not a massive fan of that Spider-Man film either. I was really disappointed. In it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this field of nanites is basically yeah, being mentally controlled by this guy who, because he's in pain and agony, he just wants to fucking kill everybody. So he does. But like the nanites are small enough, they can like go through walls, go through doors. You know, like he's essentially, for all intents and purposes, he is just a poltergeist. Right. That wants to f you in the a. Turn that stretcher a before we'll do the effing. <laughs> um, yeah, um, this game's really fucking creepy. And yeah, it sounds it, and from just what I've looked at, it looks it. Yeah, it it pulls it off really, really well. Um, 
there's not really much else you could say other than try and play it. Like it doesn't have a happy ending. There's no spoilers to give you that because it is one of those games where you you start it off and you just the words "I'm fucked." I'm pretty sure just rolled across my eyes the moment it started. Is it just like I it's more of like a sensory experience? Oh, you do it with the headphones on. Right. Um, that the sound design in it is amazing, and that the sound of like the camera going onto night vision, the little kind of. Almost like, you know, like when you hear a flash go off and you can hear the battery and capacitor recharging inside of the... Like, they use that in um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, don't they? Yes. You know, ding! That, and if you think as well, like, use a much nicer, com- more comfortable version of it, uh, Ghostbusters, where they fire at the proton packs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I needed to end that one on a smile. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Outlast 2013. They did a, a, a DLC for it where you play as the guy that sends Miles the notification in the first place you know the, the whistleblower if you will right so they called the dlc the whistleblower <laughs> and you get to meet a couple of other the crazies running around in the asylum um they've got obviously some other characters it, the story starts before <clears throat> um, the main story and it ends after the main story of the, the like the actual central game okay um the ending to that's actually really fucking cool i watched that one because i didn't have the money to pay for the DLC as well because you know I had to buy food <laughs> um, in it but yeah really really liked that um, highly recommend playing through it at least once like it's one to sit down with your mates and just sit and giggle at who jumps the most because there's no way you're making it through the whole game without going at least once nice. um, it actually it got me my first ever jump within a jump when I was playing at one point I was running away from this huge character and there's a button you can press when you're running sprinting away from someone if you tap a button you look over your shoulder um, while you're still running and I did that and as I looked back the guy was a lot closer to me than I thought he was I absolutely shat myself jumped about six feet in the air and by the time I'd released the button and he looked back forward there was another guy just leant out right in front of me and I had to pause the game for a second it was like oh my heart my poor heart yeah, probably don't play this if you have any kind of cardiac issues. Um, or anxiety problems either, because <laughs> like, this is not a good one for that. Um, but yeah, so Outlast. Outlast 2013. Oh, um, before we move on to the next one, I just uh, IMDB'd, I have no mouth and I must scream. Mm. It has an 8.6 rating. Uh, to be honest, like, it's a good game, it's just very fiddly to play, just because it's all old school controls. I imagine if you sat and played on a PC... It, um, with and obviously this has been ported across, so I've got a very glitchy version. Mm. But um, is that the game that's got the eight point six? Yeah, the game. Yeah. Yeah, fair. No, I tell you, like it, like the story and everything else in it is really, really good. I just found it actually playing it to be a bit of a nightmare. So I resorted to just watching somebody else do it in the end. Harlan Ellison also wrote two episodes of Babylon Five. Just throwing it out there. Cool. <laughs> I could see him more writing for Rick and Morty, to be honest. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, anyway, right. So that was Outlast. There was an Outlast 2 that was done, by the way, but it wasn't as greatly received. And unfortunately, apparently, they took everything that people seemed to like from the first game mm-hmm. and they just t- turned it up too much, like too much nastiness, too many jumps just for the sake of it. Like when, like in a film series when they yeah. send in the military? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> um, or put time travel in it. Yeah, what kind of film series would end a massive eleven-year story arc with that? That's ridiculous. Actually, I was thinking of Ben and Black Three, but you're right. <laughs> <laughs> time heist. Speaking of time, we are now jumping forward one whole year, and technically three years on top of that as well. Because I'm sort of going to talk about these two at the same time. 
um, because it's a game and it's sequel. Mm. Um, this is the Evil Within and the Evil Within Two. Sounds evil. It's pretty freaking evil. Um, I really liked the first game. The second one I thought dragged on way too long. But I was trying to describe this to Abby when she was watching me play a bit of it. And she was like, so what's the game about? And I just watched... Um, Do you ever watch Zero Punctuation? No. Game reviews? Do you know who he is? No. So he's this crazy British guy called Ben Croshaw. Uh, lives over in Australia. And he basically, he was like the original fast-talking, swearing video game reviewer. Right. Like He will review an entire game in five minutes using more words than most would be able to use in a half-hour description. He's fucking hilarious but he gave a very very poignant description of the plot of this game and like what they must, the decision making process must have been and it's basically like we want a horror game okay I'll make you a horror game what do you want it to be about horror he said yeah but what do you want me to put in it like horror but what's the story more horror is this not getting through like, <laughs> um, that is my only only criticism of the first one really apart from it's like slightly janky controls on it but, well, I'm just looking at screenshots of it yeah, it looks like horror. Uh, th there's a lot of horror. Did I mention the horror? Like every genre yeah. you can think of? Is Pretty it, what much, What the fuck yes. is that? The over... Let's have a look. What picture you got? Some melting skull thing that looks like the baby alien from Alien Resurrection. Oh, that's from The Evil Within 2. That's getting a special mention. Okay. Yeah, that's the, the wax monster. or I think they call it the wax hydra or something. It ain't nice. Alright, <laughs> um, so this the first game, um, it was made by Tango Gameworks and published by Batista Softworks. You know who Batista are? It sounds like Batista. I know who Dave Batista is. Uh, Bethesda, or Bethesda or Bethesda, I don't know what you want to say. They're the guys who made Fallout, Skyrim. Okay. Um, they are not in people's good books at the moment since they released Fallout 76. Yeah, apparently that wasn't so good. It wasn't so good. They then decided that because it wasn't working properly that the best way to get funds to fix the game mm -hmm. was to charge everyone um, $100 a year for um, a game pass that offered in all the features that were supposed to be there in the beginning. Never fuck up. You'd be amazed how many fucking idiots went out and actually bought it. Oh my god. People still went, oh what, so if I pay more money, you'll give didn't me the game Didn't EA I want. do something sort of similar and everyone hated them for ages? Uh, they did, yeah. Them, um, the lockbox thing, wasn't yeah, that the, the loot boxes in Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront yeah. 2. Yeah. And that game sucked. Oh, Battlefront 2, if you actually go back and play it now... Oh, sorry, and the, the one before. The one before, yeah, that was like Battlefront Lite. Like, yeah, so it, we had Battlefront 2 on play, PS2, wasn't it? Yeah, PS2. Which yeah. was amazing. It was fucking brilliant. I and everyone was like, oh my god, they're doing another one on Xbox One and PS whatever number we're up to. This is going to be great. And it was shit. It was. <laughs> fucking terrible. It was, the, it was like the most stripped back kind of online shooter I've ever played. And like, I'm not a massive online guy. Like, I played a, a few no, years. I played Battlefield Bad Company 2 and Battlefield 4. I played them online for quite a while. Mm. Battlefront 4 especially. Or Battlefield 4, sorry. And, uh, Battlefield 3 I did a fair bit of when they upped their game engine. I used to be a bit of a Call of Duty online guy back in the days of Modern Warfare 2. It's being remastered. Um, it has, yeah. It dropped on the store yesterday completely stealthily. Uh, they've released it for... It's only I think that's just on PlayStation for now. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. It's only the campaign at the moment anyway. I don't think they're doing the multiplayer for it. So you can just replay the campaign. Oh, I see. I saw something earlier that said not even sure if there's going to be a multiplayer. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't think they are doing the multiplayer. I'd be fine with that. Well, they've just... As long as it's not like, ridiculously expensive. They've just, just a... given us COD Warzone for free. 
mm. to be honest. They've, they've done something really cheeky with COD Warzone. And um, you go to download it, and you're like, right, it's an online game, one gigantic map. How big's this going to be? Why the fuck is this 110 gigs? And it's because when you download it, it pre-installs Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the remake they've just done of that. It installs all the multiplayer stuff and everything in case you decide to turn around and go, oh, I might buy this, so it's all on your hard drive. And, and it just see. instantly unlocks. I have absolutely no plans to buy that fucking game. No. But if I want to keep playing the free one, I've got to sacrifice an extra 80 gig worth of fucking hard drive for it. Fuck's sake. So, yeah. Oh, Activision, you fickle little bitches. <sighs> dear, 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 dear. Where were we? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we were, on, um, we were on The Evil Within. Yeah, let's go back to The Evil Within. But the horror and all of the horror. Yes. Um, so, yeah, um, so it was made by Bethesda Softworks. That's enough about them. Uh, it was directed by Mr. Shinji Mikami, whose name I mentioned very briefly on the last one, and I knew you wouldn't remember it. That's why I deliberately put it in there again. Um, oh, hang on. Metal Gear Solid. No, that was Hideo Kojima, but you get a point for trying. Thank you. That's all right. Point achieved. <laughs> uh, no, this guy created another series of games I'm not allowed to talk about very much. Because I already talked about all of them in one of our previous episodes. Resident Evil. He made Resident Evil. And this guy, now no longer working with Capcom, decided that uh, Resident Evil 4, which he also did, um, which is like the big game-changing one where they went away from all the fixed angles and went into like proper third-person over-the-shoulder shooting. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to make another game like that. But he couldn't call it Resident Evil. He shouldn't really put zombies in it. So he made a game that's really fucking similar and he put a shitload of zombies in it. Um, it's, it's so bad, his own fan service to himself, that um, when the original Resident Evil released, I've mentioned before, it was like one of my earliest scary moments in a game, is when you're playing it and you spot your first zombie, it's kind of cr knelt over somebody eating them. And it yeah. cuts to a little cutscene of the zombie sitting up and then its head slowly turns to look at you over its left shoulder and you can see it's all deformed and rotten. And uh, He does that exact same shot the first time you see a zombie in this game. Oh. Um, if it ain't broke, uh, don't fix it. <laughs> I mean, either that, I've, I've just figured this guy was a cat because Jesus is he licking his own asshole right now. <laughs> And apparently it tastes like cream because mm. he seemed really pleased with himself. So you play as Sebastian Castellanos, who is, I believe, a detective. It's, your rank's never specified, but you're a police officer, essentially. Right. And you, you're working with, um, what's the name of the lady? Uh, Jewel Kidman, who's played by Jennifer Carpenter. Who? You'll know her. If you've ever seen Dexter. No, I've not. No, you should really give Dexter a go. Uh, she plays Dexter's sister in that. Okay. And she plays the lead in Quarantine, the American remake of Wreck. Okay. And she's actually a really good actress. Um, I've seen her in a few other bits. She's always like she's very good at looking very natural. Like so, like, when she cries on camera, it's believable. When she's angry, like she just looks like a very believable actress. Okay. She might play a complete dickhead, but you totally believe she's a dickhead. Oh, she's one of those ones, but she's really, really good in it. Um, yeah, you've got another guy with you called Joseph Oda, who is um, sort of a Japanese cop who's working with you, who's voiced by Mr. Yuri Lowenthal. I've only put that in there so I get to say Prince of Persia, because he was the voice of Prince of Persia. And he did the voice of Spider-Man in the recent Marvel Spider-Man game on PS4. Uh -huh. And he should have won a fucking award for that, because he was absolutely brilliant in it. Um, didn't even bother writing down he does the voice of Castellanos, because he's dull as fuck. <laughs> Um, the main complaint about this game is that the main character is 
I know you said like you, you could argue it's done deliberately so you can project yourself onto the character, but he's basically a blank slate with a bit okay. of, with a bit of a stereotypical background to him. Okay. So he is a troubled alcoholic detective with a dark past. Did Charles Bukowski write this? <laughs> you <know what> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, you get you get called to this hospital with apparently some incidents kicked off. You get in there, you open the doors, all three of you walk in. Um, now, originally, this game is originally released on PS3, and I have to say, for the PS3 game, it looks absolutely amazing. Mm. Uh, I was playing it on PS4, where apparently they decided not to upscale any of the graphics or the engine or anything, and it still runs like a PS3 game. With, it's just slightly smoother on the textures, I think. Uh, but again, yeah, it, considering I was told like yeah, it's an older game, didn't look as great as it could have done, I played it, and I was like, I think this looks fucking beautiful, to be honest. It's right. got a really nice, dirty, dingy tone to it. Somewhere between an Olivia advert and Saw. <laughs> um, I'm sure you've noticed from some of the screenshots you get on there as well, you've got that whole kind of bloodstained surgical wards and like... Yeah, I just look... Yeah, that's what I just remember. Yeah. all over the place and like surgical implements, all just like bloodstained chunks everywhere. Like they put a lot, a lot of effort into the, actually designing all the backdrops and whatnot. Um, so you go into this hospital, you open up the front door and there's just bits and pieces of nurses all over the place. You walk in, you find the security cameras, you look on the security camera and there is some weird ghostly looking guy with a white hood who can literally teleport around. He can like slit people's throats by just waving his hand in the air. Um, what a bastard. Right. Um, and then he appears directly behind you. You turn around, he hits you, he knocks you out. And the next thing you know, you wake up and you're hanging upside down from a meat hook with this giant seven foot tall beefcake of a butcher dude kind of like chopping things up and moving around behind you. Uh, you manage to get yourself down. As you start to run away, he notices you, and literally the first thing you're doing is you're running away from like a seven-foot freak with a fucking chainsaw. Uh, it goes in hard. Um, <laughs> I thought they were going to do something really, really cool, because um, right at the very beginning of the game, the guy with the chainsaw lashes at you, and he catches the back of your leg. So you're limping, so you can't sprint. And I thought this was going to be like an inset mechanic of like, oh, cool, so you're slightly crippled trying to work your way out of this den while this guy's you hunting run, you down. Right. Not how it goes at all. That is literally just the sections with this dude. Okay. Except your leg gets healed two minutes later. Mm -hmm. You find a health pack, you use a health pack, and oh my God, I can run again. <laughs> uh, it's fucking good job you can, because this place is all stitched together. I think like saw meets Hellraiser for his bits would be a good way to put it. Okay. Because there's weird like big spiky traps on the walls that come out of nowhere. Like the death animations when you get caught by one of these many ways you can die. Fuck me, they're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I will say about this game as well, it's not scary in the slightest. Okay. It's, it's very much like for the whole looks... time you're playing it. It just makes you feel dirty. You finish playing it for an hour, you go have a shower. Right. Um, you go back play it for another hour and then you got stew in your juices play it for another hour yeah, like another film, yeah literally <laughs> like a saw movie it's, it's got that vibe to it um, so that guy that you can, I've just put his name um, down as Chainsaw Guy Chainsaw Guy and I've just put after that no <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favourite bad guy in it is a guy called The Keeper um, he's got a giant hammer with um, like a really spiked end on it so it's like a gigantic blacksmith's hammer meets claw hammer uh, he's throwing around all these like little barbed wire traps that you step on, they grab your foot, bear trap, you wrap you on it, and it but all the barbed wire in it's alive. Oh. So as it's wrapping itself up on you, it's like wriggling and making noises, and you've got to try and... Like the logo for Twisted Pictures. Yeah, it's literally like they were sponsored by those guys. Isn't there a thing like that in the Silent Hill film? Yes, there's a bit where a woman gets torn to shit by barbed wire. That, yeah. 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 
that, yeah, it's yeah. That, that's the ending. In fact, spoiler. Yeah, <laughs> the aesthetic of that movie is a very good crossover for this. This could be a Silent Hill meets Saw. There's every. Thing I look at and it makes screen sore in my face just for the nastiness and the sheer gore factor they were going for. Um, but this guy's also he's got a safe on his head. So <sighs> Yeah, right. I don't know why that made he's like, does anybody know the combo? I can't see shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, the combination to opening the safe is about six shotgun rounds directly to the chest. <laughs> Whereby he was it the, his body disintegrates, the safe just hits the floor, and then you just hear a noise as it like permanently locks itself. But you look around and there's safes everywhere, and he just starts coming back out of the floor uh... again. And wherever there is another safe, he can spawn. Um, you eventually end up just running away from the fucker because it's all you can really do. Like the guns and stuff are just to slow him down. Mm. Um, uh, there's a really really cool bit where you take down one it's what I think it's when you take him down the first you think you've killed him and you go over to open one of the safes and you open it up and it is almost like staring down a throat. Ugh. Uh, so it's all fleshy and then just tendrils and tentacles just come flying out of it, grab you by the head and trying to drag you into it and like it's really grim man, <laughs> but it, it didn't upset me as much as some of the other shit that goes on in the second game. <laughs> um, or in this one, actually. No, the, the freakiest thing, I forget she's in the first one as well, because all of these bosses actually make an appearance in the second game as well, which I thought was a little bit cheap. I don't really like it when games do that. I suppose. But if you've got a decent enough villain, keep mm. them. So, yeah, so we've got Chainsaw Guy. We've got the, uh, the guy called The Keeper. He's the safe head dude. And then we've got something that is an amalgamation of your fear, fear, this is fear of commitment, fear of loss, and apparently fear of fucking spiders, because we haven't had that one yet here. Oh, the, the emotionally unavailable spider. <laughs> yeah, that's it. just sat there, eight laptops, clicking refresh all at the same time. Um, so this thing, it looks like a cross between, you remember that scene I didn't like in the colour out of space? Uh, which one? Um, up in the loft. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine that, except all it's just one body. Right. Um, but I think I think it's only six limbs in total. But essentially, it's three arms and three legs. Look at you've just found what I'm looking at. Haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then yep. almost like a ring style girl's head on the front. Yeah. Um, the only way to kill it is with fire. If it touches you, you die. Okay. Um, all of the fuck this, like there is not enough fuck this in the world to describe how much fuck this. Jesus. It's really, really creepy. The way she moves is absolutely horrible. The screaming doesn't add anything nice to it. Um, it was, that was the one bit of the game I was like, I need to get past this bit or I'm not coming back to it, <laughs> don't I? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just looked at a few pictures and it was like, <laughs> um, So one thing I forgot to mention, the ghostly guy in the white hood that's floating around chasing off, she's the main antagonist his name is Ruvik and he is voiced by Jackie L. Haley oh cool yeah and he's really good in it mm. he does well he does well um, so obviously it's you're basically it turns out you're stuck inside like a horror movie equivalent to the Matrix right um, and the bit when he grabs you and knocks you out at the beginning apparently he's stuffed you into this machine for reasons that are never 100% explained other than he wants to kill you and the easiest way to do that is in the machine and so the guy just had my unconscious body in his fucking hands <laughs> um, so yeah uh -uh, plot armour as we like to call it <laughs> um, okay 
So Ooh. yeah, eventually you get you get through, you fight him, it's a massive Resident Evil style boss battle at the end where the boss goes, I need to be 50 feet tall and have three heads and throw buses at you. And you're like, yeah, all right, sure. Okay. Um, and then you manage to kill that, beat it, you get out of the machine, you're still miserable, alcoholic, and with a dark past. Uh, it turns out the lady cop who was working with you actually works for the guys that made the machine in the first place. Um, that becomes relevant in the second game, which came out three years later, and we might as well just go straight into. So you're playing the same guy. He's now no longer a cop. He's now just a private detective. He's now gone full-blown alcoholic. Um, yeah. And it turns out um, his daughter from the first game is not dead. Now, do you remember me mentioning his daughter in the first game? No, I do not. Right, there's a reason for that, because the only reason you find out about it is if you run around reading loads of notes, you find out what happened and what is his dark past. You can miss the whole fucking thing. Oh. Now, you can entirely miss it. And it turns out his, um, his daughter went miss, uh, dies in a house fire, or he, his wife seems to think she went missing. He's like, no, no, there was a big fire in the house. The house was gone. She was in the house. She's fucking dead. The mother's like, no, no, I think someone's taken her. And you're like, no, well, she hasn't. You're mental. Shut the fuck up. So she goes, well, you clearly don't have faith in me, so I'm leaving you. Um, you're sat in a bar at the beginning of the second game, and the lady cop played by Jennifer Carpenter, Jewel Kidman, um, comes back. And uh, she says, oh, by the way, your daughter's not dead. And he's like, yes, she is. God damn it. Don't torment me like this. And the player's ah, like, what? Ah. <laughs> and yeah, if you haven't read these notes in the first one, you'd be like... He had a daughter? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, not exactly parent of the year material right here, but... So it turns out your daughter has been taken by the guys who created STEM from the house fire. They caused it. And uh, they've now used it because she, again, is quite mentally advanced. If they put her in this machine, they can use it to essentially create paradise in this machine instead of pure horror and terror, which it seems to go if you are mentally unstable when you go in there. You get evil superpowers. Like a bad acid trip. Is that what this machine is? If never you're not in the right heads. I've never had a bad one, so I, I wouldn't be able to relate. The, the <laughs> idea of like acid, if you're like in a bad place yeah, and yeah. you take it, you would have a bad trip. <laughs> yeah, sort of like that, except these guys are doing it deliberately because they realise they're super powerful when they're in there. Okay. Um, the, the the guy who starts off as your main antagonist in the second one is really fucking cool. And the thing he does is really, really creepy. And I really, really like it. Is he's essentially he's an artist uh, and photographer and mass murderer. Uh, what he <laughs> likes to do is, as he kills people, he literally takes a photo at the instant of death. So there's a scene like you walk into a room. Isn't that a film? Peeping um, Tom? Was that? No. Maybe, but it doesn't go up. quite this oh, way. Anyway, yeah. Because you walk into a room and you'll find one of the bodies of the people that he's killed, but they're stuck in like a time loop, reliving that last second of their death over and over again. Uh, so there's a guy who, for instance, has been shot <clears throat> under the chin, bullets come out under his head, brain splattering all out the back of his head. I've got to say, I did some zooming in on that. I did some really good detail on the brains. Mm -hmm. um, so you, yeah, you voluntarily sent yourself in this time. You find this guy, you find this copper floating about and then as you walk in you kind of see like it's in slow motion with his head going back the head exploding as it mm. goes and it just snaps back to the beginning of the loop snaps back to the beginning of the loop it's genuinely really creepy to look at it's really really well done uh, another bit sort of like you walk into a room and you can hear you hear a scream as you go in followed by like this almost kind of film coming to a stop sort of noise mm. and as you walk in you realise that he's just slashed someone across the throat and kicked him through a banister and as you look up the stairs, you can see them 
frozen yeah. in the state there and then as you go to walk past he just unfreezes it and the guy just smashes down through a table next to you didn't scare me but it looked fucking awesome cool looked really really good I say fucking awesome way too much <laughs> <laughs> um, so your goal in this one is to get to your daughter who by the way doesn't know you exist it's appointment um, <laughs> right so, yeah, you want to go back and get your daughter who, yeah, she, she thinks you're dead or missing. Um, she yeah. doesn't know why you never tried looking for her because obviously she knows she was alive. You thought she that you were dead. And she was like, yeah, by the way, when you find her, it might not go too well. Go, Cheers, bye. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And so you do find her. You eventually you defeat the photographer guy and there's a really, really creepy monster thing he's got, which is... Um, I think like um, the sculptures in Beetlejuice that come to life. The right. one that's almost like the planetarium one with the wires and the orbs and stuff. Yeah. Imagine that with a few more mannequin legs coming off of it. Mm -hmm. And at the end of one of these legs is a video camera. Oh, I think I saw a picture of that earlier. It's I did think, what the, the creature fuck design. is that thing? I, I cannot praise the creature design enough in this. Particularly the second one. The bad guys look absolutely incredible. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, that thing, it will take a picture of you. And if it does, it kind of freezes you. And you not completely, but like you can move slowly. You can still aim and try and shoot at it to stop it from getting to you. Um, it's definitely very much got that whole Japanese law of um, no bullet will be effective apart from the absolutely necessary last one sort of things. Like you're shooting them, like you put like 50 bullets into this thing. Mm. And then you get to the cutscene where you kill it and he's like, yeah, fuck you, buddy. Insert one liner here, pulls the trigger. <laughs> and then, yeah, the last bullet always seems to do the job. Um, yeah, the other guy, the actual um, photographer dude, you, you pretty much just keep shooting him. Um, there's a thing you can do with it. you get a crossbow that you can make electrical bolts for and if you can stick one of those in the ground near where he's going to appear he'll appear next to it it'll freeze him in place and you just empty a gun into his head a few times and the guy still takes a lot of bullets I'm not going to lie um, the wax monster thing that you saw leads into the ending of the game because again like you I saw that I was like what the crap is that particularly since you've been walking through this white gunk thinking it's going to be more spiders isn't it this is going to be more webs this is going to be more sticky stuff um, but the the picture that you've got where it, that it seems to be almost looking over the top trying to find you um, because you get, you run into cover like in an automated cutscene when you sort of like go into the room but this thing literally comes this thing's closer to the game camera than your character by the time so when it leans in you're like man that's really big that's really close that's really close that's oh Ugh. god and like the design on it where it's all like dripping wax and yeah. like leaking all over the place it looks awesome yeah, it's really, really cool. Did look like, yeah, that was the thing that sort of stood out. I was like, hey, what the fuck is going on there? <laughs> Who's this guy? Mm. So, um, yeah, you run past that, and it turns out that the main bad guy in the thing that you're chasing around hasn't been the main bad guy the whole time. <gasps> Gasp. Gasp, and indeed, plot twist. Double plot twist, though, because I assumed it was going to be the daughter that went mad. Mm. It's not. It's your wife. She's Bash. in there as well. Oh, no. So she apparently found out where her daughter was, volunteered to work for the company, worked her way up by totally non-sexist means. <laughs> um, I don't know how well she got promoted that quickly within two fucking years. but like, <laughs> um, And then she's inserted herself into it as well. And so, yeah, you then have to fight your wife at the end of it. And she turns into... Uh, sounds like uh, some people... Uh, sounds like a dream for some people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, are you going to fight your ex-wife? <laughs> ding, 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 bitch. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the 
the way these games play is, like I say, it's mostly over the shoulder sort of cover shooting and yeah. like, but it's very much, there'll be six bad guys in a room, you'll have four bullets. You know, you've got to really figure out what shots you're taking. Mm. If there's other means you can use, like you can like pick up like one hit insta kill weapons. Like if you get an axe and you hit a bad guy in the head with it, the thing's head will explode, but the axe becomes useless after one hit. Right. It's apparently the handle's made out of fucking balsa wood or something. <laughs> but um, the only problems I really had a little bit in the first game, definitely in the second game, is they want you to be really, really stealthy and sneak about. Yeah. Stealth controls aren't worth shit. Right, and so the second one, I will admit, I genuinely got a bit wound up with, and then I found out because I downloaded a patch for it, they'd given me a load of cheats in the game to be like, turn on infinite health, turn on infinite ammo, turn on infinite stamina. Like, oh no, sorry, it's not infinite ammo; it's um, one hit kills. Right, oh, so yeah. anything that's not a boss, you shoot it once and it dies. Mm. It's like the fucking point of that. Yeah, but I just smashed through it to just get through to the end of the story in the end because the gameplay loop was winding me up. Um, first one really 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 enjoyed highly recommend that the second one not as much fun but if you're willing to like, take your time with it properly and really get into it yeah and it is real like I say visually there's some really really cool ideas here um, my favourite thing in both of the games is when you want to level up your character you go into like your mind palace kind of like you retreat into your own brain and mm-hmm. it's all set in um, like a hospital or mental asylum sort of waiting room Right. And there's a very, very sexy waifu Japanese nurse there waiting for you. And if you want to level up, you go sit in um, essentially what you think is an armchair, which then turns into this huge metal rack as you sit into it, sticks this massive cage around your head, and it basically you give yourself electric shock therapy to level up. Okay. And it was just a really cool little touch. It looks really good. It's not something I'd seen done before. Like it, it's, I like it when games can take like a gaming device and make it seem like it's part of the world that you're playing in. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. So it, it made sense within context of the game, which I really liked. Like they try really hard with that in all the like, Assassin's Creed yeah, to make yeah. your time outside of the animus worth not, it. Yeah, not, it not boring as fuck. Yeah. Spoilers, it still is. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've just been playing with it, Black Flag, haven't you? Yeah. And the out of the chair shit in that is just... It's like... Oh wow! I don't fucking care. Mm. And then the game—the game's really fun, but only because you basically get to play a pirate and like steal shit and blow yeah. up ships. The actual missions that you have to do though are boring. Yeah, it's like yeah. I don't want to do this story mode. I'd rather just get on my ship and it's fucking go plunder. It's just you just follow this guy, hide in a bush, and listen to further. what he's saying. I'm not listening. No, no, no it's bollocks. Yeah, like I said, I think most Assassin's Creed stories up to until they changed it all when they went to Origins, I was just like, I don't give a shit, to be honest. The second one I was the only one that I really got into. Oh, Assassin's Creed 2? Yeah. It's still probably the fan favourite one, apart from Black Flag. Yeah, so that's the only one that I, I really got into and really enjoyed. Mm. And then the third that picked up immediately after mm. the second one, I was like, oh, cool, it's going to be like more of the same games. Like, mm. how is this now rubbish? Mm. Like, they changed the combat system and all. Yeah, did not enjoy it at all. I did. I liked the Ezio trilogy. I liked um, Assassin's Creed Two, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, Assassin's Creed Revelations. Thought they were good. Uh, Assassin's Creed Three again had really good gameplay, but a bollocks story. Because mm. uh, that was the one where you could start free running through trees and hunting people, and yeah. suddenly you're playing as a Native American guy. And yeah, Fall Black Flag, which is ignore the game, 
make your own game, be a pirate. Yeah, basically. I mean, that mode and that game has been so popular that Ubisoft are trying to release their own... Um, That's basically why we've got Sea of Thieves. Uh, sea of Thieves was a different company, but yeah. But yeah. But Assassin's Creed are trying to do their own version of it, though, which is essentially going to be the seafaring parts of Black Flag, just made prettier. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. Cool. Uh, so yeah, that's basically most of everything to say, like with the Evil Within. Like the the first game, I'd, I'd give it like an eight, nine out of ten. I really, really enjoyed mm. it. Second one, I'd give it maybe a seven. Um, there was one other creature I really wanted to mention in the second game, which is uh, you see, obviously we've all seen Stranger Things. Yeah. Uh, season two, when you've got the giant mind flayer just kind of like leaning over the city for the whole series. Yeah. Um, you've got something similar to that, except again, it's a giant shutter camera. Oh. Um, <laughs> and every now and it's just like watching you, and you can see like the lens moving around like an eyeball. Oh, that actually um, sounds really cool. It is really, really cool. Um, and then, like, you'll be walking down the street and you'll hear a massive smashing noise because it looks like the camera's got all these cables coming out of it. Mm. You think, oh, maybe it's like used film or like they've got it plugged in and oh, it's meant to look like that. And you turn around and look at what's actually come out of the sky and it's like an, just a massive pillar of just like... I don't even really know how to describe it. Like It's kind of like a fleshy wiring mesh of like living matter and computer is this in, sorry, this, this is the second one this is still in the, this is in the second one right, right? Um, but at certain points when you're like heading towards objectives occasionally these things will just crash down in front of you and they can be pretty intimidating usually because they just unleash a wave of enemies at you at the same time and the enemies in it do not go down easy mm. it's like seven eight shots to take down a basic guy with your basic weapon <laughs> like even if you're headshotting them like you're looking at four headshots before they actually go down it gets a bit annoying. Yeah, that's it sounds infuriating. Yes. Die! Yes, 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 yes. So yeah, anyway, yeah. Evil Within and Evil Within 2. Cool. Mm. Isn't this a strange conversation for men who aren't crazy? Whenever you're ready, we'll be back. Hello again. But we're talking about horror games. Do you actually play many horror games yourself, or have you played many horror games? No, I don't like them. Don't like them. <laughs> um, uh, no, I haven't. I'm quite. I'm pretty fussy about video games. Mm. If I if I'm not totally sucked into it, I'm not interested. Right. Like, yeah, the amount of games I've started, I'd be like, no, it's a shit. Yeah, I'm pretty mm. picky. Because there was one game I was going to put on this list, but I never got around to actually finishing it. It's just been taken off a of Game Pass, so now if I want to finish it, I've got to buy it. And that was uh, Vampire. Yeah, I hated that. Yeah. What was it about it you didn't like? Um, it was slow, which isn't always a problem. Mm. Um, and then it got to a point where it was like, there was, there was some sort of boss and couldn't kill him. Mm. It's like, you need to drink more blood. It's like, okay. Oh, you can't drink this person's blood, or this person, or mm. that person. Okay, I'll go somewhere else. You can't go down there. It's like, well, I'm just going around in circles now. Mm. And I was like, yeah, fuck this. I think, yeah, I know the, I'm know. i pretty sure I know the exact point you meant. For Quite early on in the game. It's like when you go into the sewers to look for someone, it turns out there's a big, almost like werewolf thing in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, luckily, I beat that boss first time, well, on my... But without having to go back and level up. I didn't beat it on my first time. I did it on my fourth or fifth attempt because it was about mm. six or seven levels above me. Yeah. But the combat system in the game is essentially Bloodborne for beginners. Right. I play a lot of fucking Bloodborne. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so it took me 25 minutes to kill the guy in mm. one attempt. Like, I was on him for a good hour and a half. 
Yeah. The time I like got the attacks down, what how to dodge everything was like. Yeah, I don't think I took a hit the whole time, but it was long. Yeah. Killed him. The first thing I then did was I went and started chatting around for like a bunch of like random NPCs in the streets. Yeah. And then if you go back to the same spot a bit later on, you find two of the guys you were talking to have had an argument, don't want anything to do with each other, and they're planning on murdering each other. It turns out they've had this conversation quite publicly. So you can murder both of them and get away with it, drink their blood, and the police just think they just killed or you know attacked each other mm. with teeth. <laughs> and, um, just uh, let them down. And funnily enough, I killed him in Whitechapel, um, uh, which yeah. I went back and looked at, and it was because like, we were obviously talking about from hell like, yeah. a while back. Um, like yeah, that, that will happen next. It's all set in 18th century London. Yeah, I love like the look of it and the idea of it, but this the actual gameplay. I just like. Nah, it was it was not for me. It was it was made by a game company. Um, that are, they're not exactly known for what you call a triple A release. You know, it's not. They don't do big, big, big yeah. games. They're yeah. like one of the smaller companies. I don't. Know, I I liked what they did with it. I did want to finish it, but I think I'll say I played it for about fifteen hours across three days when I first started. It got to like a big turning point in the story. It went okay, it's going to unwind for a little bit now. Fancy trying something else for a bit, and I just never went back to it. I really liked what I played, but I never got to finish it. Yeah, just like I get your uh, take on horror games because I know there's some horror films you won't watch just because you're like I see no reason to put myself through that like what uh, well itsy bitsy for a start <laughs> yeah fucking hell I'm not <laughs> you ever seen Arachnophobia I have because for me that's up there with Jaws for like scary PG rated movies like I haven't seen it in a very long time it freaked the fuck out of me the first time I watched it yeah same mm. yeah but yeah but so what spiders can scream now <laughs> that was a bit right at the end well, according to uh, Jaws of Revenge sharks can shout yeah Rawr! oh crikey the breath on that thing <laughs> oh Michael so anyway the next game we're going to talk about uh, we are still in 2017 so the same year as The Evil Within 2 I can't believe these two games came out in the same year this was what was described as a double A title. So it's got triple A kind of production values. Mm. So it looks absolutely stunning. The sound is absolutely off the you know, off the charts. The sound design is incredible. Um and everything plays really, really well. I don't think I had a single glitch the entire time I was playing it. Um even like I think I had a little bit of pop in every now and then where like the texture didn't load or something like that, but I just kind of accept that as part of playing games and kind yeah. of annoys me when people get like, oh, it didn't run 100% perfectly for the entire time I was playing it. So I was like, mm. You didn't run 100% effectively for your entire life. Sit down and <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> Let's see what game you've made. <clears throat> yes. uh, so this game is made by Ninja Theory. Um, uh, Ninja Theory were they were a company who've done a game called Enslaved Odyssey to the West, which is like a futuristic post-apocalyptic retelling of um, the I think they're called the Scrolls of the East, okay. um, which is uh, so no they're not called that at all. But uh, it's sorry Odyssey to the West was basically the name of the original story for the TV series Monkey which we've mentioned before briefly. God, I remember Monkey. Uh, which is also the basis for the story for Dragon Ball Z. Right. Or the, at least the original series of it. Um, and that, that game was absolutely brilliant. Before that, they did one of their earlier games was called Heavenly Sword. It was like one of the release titles for the PS3. 
it looked like God of War, except you were playing some really hot chick with really long red hair, and I have very confusing feelings. Kind of rings that a bell, that does. It was really, really early on. Um, I think it might have actually been a launch title for the PS3 when that first came out. So we're, um, Yeah, we're, we're going back like 10, 12 years for that one. Uh, this one is called Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice. Um, Hellblade what? Senua, that's the name of the main character. Senua's Sacrifice. Okay. You just type in Hellblade if you're looking it up, it'll pop up. Yes. This is on Game Pass. This is on Game Pass. Um, highly recommend it. Highly, highly recommend it. Um, play it with headphones on for as long as you can hack it. Okay. Um, oh, very quickly, just to mention about Ninja Theory, they were also the guys that did... Uh, remember that game I lent you, Devil May Cry 5? Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, at one point, tried to reboot the series, <clears throat> called it DMC, Devil May Cry, and Capcom gave it to Ninja Theory to do. Really, really good game in terms of gameplay. Like the gameplay is absolutely amazing, but the fans hated the fact they redesigned the main character Dante uh. um, to the point where um, Ninja Theory were actually receiving death threats. They oh, yeah. got really, really precious over their main character. Forgetting the fact, if they ever want to see the original Dante, they probably have the original three games at home, but no, <laughs> or four games at home. But no, no, we've got to give these guys shit because you know, fucking internet keyboard warriors. Yeah. Um, so this one did scare me and this scared me on a few different levels um, when I first started trying to play this game this is another one where I had to put the pad down and walk away from it for a little bit but for quite different reasons to like jump scares or anything like that um, you play a Senua who is um, a picked warrior they're like an old Celtic clan right um, and her family believe that she's cursed um, with a darkness um, and it turns out her mother has had a similar reflection in her life and, it, and so they believe there is some form of dark spirit lurking within her um, that causes her to see things different to other people, see things that aren't there, occasionally hear things that aren't there uh, it turns out she's got psychosis Right. Um, but obviously not a lot of head doctors back around in them there days. Where is this set? This Approximately is like, uh, medieval. Yeah, I mean, whenever the sort of like the main Viking age was. Um, Many so years like, ago. Know, like we're talking like <laughs> Norse mythology days. Like, yeah. Okay. So I have no idea on the time scale of that, so I'm not even going to hazard a guess. People can just assume I'm stupid from that. <laughs> um, so you are on a quest to carry the skull of your dead lover into Helheim being the uh, Norse underworld, and to confront Hela and to basically demand that his soul be put to rest. So straight away we're going in full dark fantasy. Uh, this game looks incredible. Mm. Like um, I would argue this is prettier than God of War. Um, it's like, obviously, because they're both Norse mythology, I think it's quite a good comparison. But yeah. th this one is dirtier, it's grimier, the motion capture in it is absolutely fucking phenomenal and the girl who ended up playing the main character she was meant to be just a stand-in um, until they cast the part properly and she was just part of the camera crew she's got no other acting credits to her name aside from this one i can't remember what her name is um i think there was no real point in putting it down like you go on imdb you find her name she hasn't even got a profile pic on there right. the only pictures you can find of her her in the motion capture suits doing the actual scenes um they deliberately Melina jurgens that's the one, yeah. So, like, in the game, they very deliberately didn't try to make Senua, like, you know, like, super pretty, supermodel. 
yeah kind of traditionally what you'd expect you know she ain't no Lara Croft this is a girl who's been through some shit seen some shit is for well lack of a better way of putting it and sorry if I offend anybody uh, quite plain looking (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which in the world of like video game that's a big deal it's a big deal yeah Yeah. them nerds like could you see this like Lara Croft and uh, the thing you mentioned earlier with the breadhead Mm, uh, Heavenly Sword yeah yeah like pretty much any female protagonist like even like the upcoming Resident Evil 3 remake where they've got we've tried to make her look less silly by taking away the mini shorts and the micro vest top like uh, what's she wearing skin tight combats and a slightly bigger vest top <laughs> good good right I'm so excited for that game tomorrow night midnight that's what I'm doing but um yeah, as I say, she's trying to take this, um, the head of her lover, Dillian, in, into Helheim to try and put his soul to rest. The reason I say play this with headphones on is because all of the way through it, due to her psychosis, she has two constant voices in the back of her head that ah. talk to you incessantly. And it gets really overwhelming at times. Um, won't go too far into it, but for now I've had my share of mental health problems in the years, over the years, and going in and trying to play this, it was setting me off, like I was finding the game quite triggering, like in the same way that some people said that the Joker movie might trigger certain people with certain issues and certain scenes would be quite difficult for them to watch, this yeah. for me was the video gaming equivalent, like I played the first two hours of it, it got to a point where these two voices were just shrieking in my ears, like... They're constantly berating you, telling you you're not good enough, telling you you can't do anything. Whenever you do manage to do something, there'll be a whisper of well done, and then they just cascade onto you again with just abuse and nastiness. This did win a a BAFTA Games Award for Best Audio Achievement. I cannot say I'm surprised. Mm. Um, It it was really, And a Game Award for Best Audio Design. That I can totally see as well. Again, it, when you play it on headphones, it still manages absolute perfect 3D as well. Mm. I like to the, the level of detail on the sound <clears> effects. Like if you can see a fire in the distance, you can hear it crackling. You can hear the leaves being blown around by you know yeah. the, the heat from it. Like it's absolutely incredible. Her footsteps will sound totally different depending on what she's treading on. To the point of if you're walking through mud and then go onto a bit of paving, if your foot hits both, you'll hear both. Like it is the detail is absolutely insane. Mm. Um, so you're trying to make your way through this sort of like dark Nordic nightmare world. Mm. Um, and when I say dark Nordic, it doesn't mean it's all set at night. I don't mean it's all just big, scary monsters and everything. Most of the game you're wandering on your own, Mm. um, with just these voices going on at you the whole time. And it's you like trying to tell them to leave you alone or even asking them for advice at times and having to trust that they're telling you the truth. Um, or asking them and then just trusting that they're not telling you the truth and trying to do the opposite of what they've told you to do. Um, there is combat in the game. It's very simple but looks freaking epic. But it's um, you basically got a light attack, a heavy attack, a block, which if you time perfectly becomes a parry, which then leaves them and um, the guys attacking you open. Um, the average guy who's attacking you is about seven foot tall with skulls and bits of like bird skulls trapped all over them everyone's got like dreads markings tattoos scars they're all covered in mud blood cuts bruises like everything about this game just screams oppressive like it's really 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 effective and they'll say this is one for absolute 
definite, you need to play it because me talking about it cannot do it justice. Right. Um, also features towards the end of it the only part in a game ever that has made me actually afraid of the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, now, bearing while we were talking about Outlast, a game where 60 to 70% of it's in the dark, I never felt fear in that like I felt in this. And I genuinely got really, really scared playing one bit of it. And it was like a bad push through it, push through it, push through it. Or again, I've got that thing. If I get too scared by a game, I can't go back to it. Yeah. So I, ha- I have to beat the bit that scared me. It's like when you watch something scary when you, and you like when you were a kid and you turn away from it. Mm. And because what you've imagined in your head is 10 times worse, you almost make yourself watch what it actually was. Almost like a comparison, almost like, I don't know, therapy yourself through it. Face your fears. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, the sequence in that, like you're being chased by something through a dark tunnel, and every time you wander just out of the light, you can hear it. You can't ever see it, you can just hear it. And um, when you do eventually get to a point where you then, like, you, you get to a bit where you can fight the thing that's chasing down after you, you take one look at it and you're like, I, I don't want to fight that. <laughs> I do not want to fight that. Um, so, again, the horror here is very much in the atmosphere. And obviously, it's got the the psychological side of the horror to it. Yeah, it is really, really jarring to play. Like it's you don't finish the game and think, "Job well done." What's New Game Plus like? <laughs> you put the pad down and you sit there and you think for an hour. He's yeah. like, "Fuck me," um, which is unusual in a video game. It is. Like, yeah. I was. I there's a guy I follow on YouTube who, to be honest, he's a bit of a pretentious knob in the way he presents his things, but I quite like a YouTuber. It's a pretentious knob, right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget um, to like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he does make some really good points. And like I was actually quite surprised when this guy was like, it's probably the most affecting game experience I've ever had. Mm. Um, immersive. They, it's totally immersive. The guys Ninja Theory, they um, they went out and they spoke to a load of people who've suffered from psychosis, people who've like you know, studied it, who are like doctors in that field. Um, and they were trying to find representations on like, how to put this up on screen. And and it's jarring, like it's really, really jar- oh the story by the way was written by Alex Garland. Why do I know that name? Twenty eight days later. Uh, there you go. Um, apparently he's got some new TV series out as well that's meant to be really really good, and I can't remember what that's called, but I've meant to look that up and tell you. But remind me later on to look that up. And yes, I'll have a look at it. Um, so yeah, um, so, so yeah. Obviously, you get the, you get the psychological side of the fear and the horror, but you also do get just traditional horror of some of the shit you're fighting is just hideous. You don't want to be there. It obviously puts you in situations where you can't win and you have to run away. It will make a point of telling you on one level that, like I say, if you come out of the light at any time, you're fucked. And then you have like you're holding a flaming torch and you've got to go underneath this partition in the water, so you have to put your torch out. Mm. You can just see another one in the distance, so you have to then fucking leg it to the next one. Uh, that first sprint where you can hear the thing coming up behind you, uh, <laughs> I did not like it. If it gets you, the cutscene, I was expecting it to be something tearing you apart and, you know, just like seeing like, her get grabbed or dragged off screen or something, but she doesn't, she just collapses to the floor with the image of its face just flashing in and out of her mind, and she just has a full on breakdown and just shuts down completely, like her body just dies from the fear. Um, and cannot praise the acting in it enough. Um, it is, I, there's not a bad performance in the game. Every single character in it gives an absolute 100% 10 out of 10 performance. Um, that's really all I can say about it. I'm going to play it. It's horrible, but it's brilliant. It's devastating, but it's kind of uplifting in its own way. The ending is absolutely beautiful. 
Um, can, Sounds like uh, an Ari Aster film. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or or uh, like The Witch or something. Yeah. Like Edgar's film. I can see that. Yeah, but to be fair, like if, yeah, Robert Eggers, if they ever do a movie of it, get him involved. Mm. Like, um, I could see them trying to make a movie or a series out of it because they're like, oh, we're doing a sequel now. It's clearly popular. Yeah. Mm. I'll ask you something at the end. Mm. You want to ask me now? Sure. Go on. If they did make a film with this, mm. what are the chances it'd be fucking shit? Like um, 100%. Every single video game to film adaptation. Well, we didn't mind Sonic. That was all right. <laughs> the thing is, Sonic came out 20 years too late. Oh, well, yeah. At that, least. But... <laughs> hmm. um... I was out there watching in our 30s. Like, I remember playing this as a kid. This film that has come out in 2020 <laughs> is aimed for children, but we're not children anymore. Uh, the best video game movie I've seen if I'm not being biased because if I'm being biased it's Prince of Persia because I really like that film um, was actually I believe I'm going to say this Detective Pikachu I have not seen it it's actually a really good fun kids movie I don't know fuck all about Pokemon but I watched it with Abby who lived and breathed Pokemon I guess they have a TV series to go off of yeah see I didn't when I first heard of Pokemon when I was a kid mm. I didn't know it was a game I don't know it was a game. I just knew it was a cartoon series. Yeah, I apparently it was a game first. Could have been much in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't I don't know. But yes, generally they are all shit. Mm. Okay, so from 2017, we are now jumping up to 2019. And in fact, I've got one, two, three, four more games to talk about. <laughs> Sorry. And five special mentions. And they are all from 2019. Okay, big year. It was a good year for horror. In the films as well? In the films as well, yeah. I've got, so horror seems to be going through a really nice resurgence recently. And mm. I can't remember the last time I played this many horror games that I actually liked. Yeah. Which was good. Uh, the first one I'm going to bring up um, from 2019, it got a bit of a panning when it was originally released, mainly because it was in development for like 18 months longer than it should have been. It was already a three-year development. Um, and by the time it came out, it was nearly a full year and a half late. Um, this is a game, Days Gone, which I've shown you brief clips of before. Mm. So the, the pitch for this is essentially Walking Dead meets Sons of Anarchy. Right. Um, so a lot of the issues people had when it first came out was it was a lot of graphical glitches. There were a lot of bugs in the game. Um, the, the controls needed a little bit of tweaking and to the credit of the guys who made it they're still updating this game now like right. over a year later they are still updating it they're still adding free bits of content to go back and play um, and this was one where one of the, the big major selling point for it was a trailer where you see a guy running through a sawmill um, with like a series of guns on his back and you realise this guy hasn't got enough fucking ammo on him as it pans up and he is being chased by literally a thousand zombies that l move identically to the ones in the World War Z movie. Right. So we are talking a full-on horde hive mind insect kind of you know, yeah. mentality. Running fast. Fast zombies. Very fast zombies and there's a freaking lot of them. Um a lot of the, one of the big complaints people had was even though this was used for the marketing, if you play through the story of it, which the story in itself is 25 to 30 hours, uh, with side quests on top, you can add an extra 15 hours on top of that. It's just a case of how much you enjoy the core gameplay loop. Mm. 
Um, so, yeah, if you play through the main story, um, like I say, it's about that long, um, you only get two instances, I think oh, is it, it's either two or three instances of actually having to fight a horde. The rest of them, they're just out wandering around because it's an open world game. Okay. So you can stumble into them by accident at any point, and you will. <laughs> uh, the easiest thing to do if you spot one, get on your bike, just fucking run away. Like For the first third of the game, at least, you are nowhere near capable of taking them out. It's just, there, there are too many. There are way, way, way too many. See, that's one of the other things that annoys me about when I get impatient playing a video game is mm. when you start off and you've got, like, no fucking skills, no weapons, yeah. and you've got to play for hours and hours to get the weapons and to get decent enough to actually kind of really enjoy yeah. it. It annoys me even more when you, you play the opening part of the game and they go, here, you have all your powers. Oh, no, something's happened and you've lost them all. <laughs> now you've got to get them all back. Fuck you, God of War 2 uh, and yeah. 3 and Ascension. Yeah. That's it's just like come on, and then by the end of it, you're really enjoying it. Yeah. It's like God, that's that slog to get there. Yeah, like, the game I'm playing like that, and the moment it's going to get a mention at the end is uh, starts off very similar to that. But again, I will chat about that briefly at the end. Uh, so anyway, the plot for this one: you play a guy called Deacon St. John. Um, you're at, like ex army. You've come back, and like a lot of people over in Oregon, apparently he came back with no real way of like adapting back into normal mundane life. Needs that kind of regimentary kind of like you know, system around him all the time. Mm. Does he join the police? No. Goes and joins a bike again. Cool. Uh, that was, it really made me chuckle when they were doing the whole spiel on it. It was like, hey, I got back, man. I just, I just couldn't be and living a normal life. I just, hell, I need to be doing some good. <laughs> oh, cool. Police officer? No, back again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the guy who voices him is a, um, a, a main character. is a guy called Sam Whitworth, um, who I know you know who he is, but you don't know you know who he is. Um, he was Starkiller in The Force Unleashed 1 and 2. Main character in that, that other Star Wars Jedi game. Oh, yeah. Uh, he shows up in an episode like of Dexter. Um, he, shows, he shows up in a few things. He's a really, really good actor. Like He's been a voice actor for years. He's voiced in every animated edition of Star Wars since like the early 2000s. He's been in The Clone Wars. He's been in Rebels. He's, he's also been in Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh I can't remember if you actually see his face in it. I think he's either made up over or he's just doing a voice for something again. But The thing at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. He does, he does that guy. Yeah. Instead of the guy who actually did his voice. Yes. You know who originally did that character's voice? Peter Serafinowicz. Indeed, yes. Who like... is a really underrated voice actor and mm. impressionist. His stuff in The Tick, man, that, the Tick series that he yeah. did, he's so funny in that. And he's just got that perfect Saturday morning cartoon superhero voice <laughs> yeah. all the way through it. Like. Uh, he done, uh, I think he, he had his own show for a bit and it was him doing impressions. And there was one where... Um, they did a sketch that was a scandal of a leaked John Cleese sex tape with him as John Cleese. And he does a perfect John Cleese voice. We're watching it's, that later. It's just like, oh my, it's so, <laughs> so fucking funny. Amazing. Yeah, we're watching that later. <laughs> All right, so let's go back to this. Um, but yeah, Deacon St. John is now a biker. He's got his best mate. Um, I think the guy's real name is Balmer, but they change it to Boozer because the guy's an alcoholic. 
because you know biker gangs you got to have your stereotypes in there as well mm -hmm. uh, but it turns out you are the only two members of your sort of chapter left because um, you get a flashback to when there's the outbreak of well, they're called freakers in this rather than zombies it's another one going, they're not zombies right uh, so they are technically alive uh, all they do eat they're is, infected with rage um, yeah might as well be um, <laughs> To be honest, these guys kind of make the ones from 28 Days Later look nice because when you get this thing, you do get all physically malformed and like, mm. yeah, and you sort of like stretch out your jaw can go much longer. It's almost like um, some of the zombies in Left 4 Dead, if you ever played that. Uh, no. You have not? Ah, oh, well, play that. It's good fun. Um, so, yeah, it turns out your wife at the time, Sarah, gets injured while you and Boomer are trying to make it to an escape helicopter. The helicopter pilot's like, look, we can only take one of you anyway. Okay, no, we've got room for two of you. So uh, Deacon decides, because his wife's injured, he's like, look, you take her. My mate's been hurt. I'll take care of him. What base are you going to? I'll come find you. Um, and in the story, it turns out, yeah, she goes off. You go to find the base. It's already been overrun by the infected or the, the freakers. And the mm. base is just fucking destroyed. Like, it's absolutely hammered. Um, it then switches into its like kind of main style of play, which is like I said, it's, it's an open world survival horror stealth em up kind of action game. Um, it's, it does a lot of the stuff that The Last of Us did, where I said like you know the real horror of the humans and that sort of thing. Like there's a lot of really nasty human characters in it with like, and it does that whole Walking Dead thing as well, where the zombies are in the background of the human drama. Right. Um, I personally thought they did it really well. Um, I liked the story. There were a couple of bits I looked at it and went, Nah, come on! Mm. But I don't think there's anything I've ever watched where I haven't done that because <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm a sucky little shitbag. Uh, so it's you and Boozer on the road together, um, just surviving, going for it. You're, you're literally drifters, like people have set up all these different camps out in the middle of nowhere, and you go between them doing jobs for all of them. Um, some of the groups like each other, some of them don't, so if you do one job for another person, it could piss off the other faction. So you've got the whole faction balancing thing. Uh, the most important thing in the whole game, though, is your bike. Um, which I can only, the only thing I can relate it to is your horse in Red Dead 2 right. where you've got to fully look after it if it gets busted up you have to leave it in the middle of nowhere you can't ride other vehicles unless it's someone else's bike like yeah. all cars on the road are all destroyed if you take out a rival biker because you'll see them going around every now and then and you manage to get his bike you can then take his bike, ride off find the parts you need to repair your bike go back to your bike, repair it like you have to look after this thing. Like yeah, it's gonna be annoying. The <laughs> bike somehow the wasn't. I think it only happened to me once, and it took me about an hour of getting across the map and getting back. And I managed to do the whole thing without dying in the middle of the night. Freakers everywhere, going through a couple of the human bases and collecting all the bits of scrap and tools I needed and getting back. And I fucking loved it. <laughs> like it just felt really. They nailed the kind of like you're on your own in the wilderness, but the wilderness ain't the only thing that gonna get you. Sort yeah. Of thing. Because, um, yes, this disease can spread to animals as well, as oh. I found out when I got attacked by a zombified grizzly bear. I was going to say zombie raccoons. Oh, we need some zombie raccoons. Yes. I've Zom noticed, speaking of undead animals, I've noticed on PlayStation Now at the moment, the, the bear equivalent of Game, um, game Pass, mm. uh, you can just get Undead Nightmare on its own, the Red Dead add-on. Oh yeah, I think yeah, I'm, that's I'm, great. Yeah. Think I'm going to be doing that because yeah. that was epic. And again, zombie bears, zombie cougars. Yeah, uh, not that kind of cougar. Calm down. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that was a good, uh, good add on that. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was in, for a lot of ways better than the main game. I thought. Yeah, I really, really liked it. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
so yeah, when, while you and Boomer are like going around looking for bits and pieces, he gets attacked by a bunch of guys called the Rippers, who are like this absolute psycho cult. Think like the uh, the mental medieval dudes in Doomsday. Oh right. But without all the armor, they're just walking around without like they've cut like all over their faces. Have you seen enough of Firefly to know the Reavers? Uh, I've seen. Yeah, a long time ago. If you've seen the movie, like the weird psycho dudes with all the like body yeah. mods and the axes and swords that show up, these guys were a lot like them. But they're total fanatic religious cult who actually worship the they're worshiping the bloody freakers. Mm-hmm. They think it's like the ultimate, um, you know, end times. God is totally gnarly, them. dude. You God, check God that shit out. God has sent these guys down. Therefore, we <laughs> must be. You know, it must yeah. be divine intervention. Um, he gets attacked by them and like, Boomer's arm gets like properly fucked up he gets um, he fucking blowtorch his arm for like a full couple of minutes like, and oh, I swear I could smell it through the headset like, there's another one with like the, the sound effects and the graphics are like they're, they're good enough but if someone gets hit and they get cut on it it'll show up on the character you'll see it happen and you'll be like Ugh, didn't, didn't need to see that and your main way of melee attacking people is you start off with a, a knife that you can basically fuck all with then you'll find a bat which will have like it will degrade as you hit people with it. But then you find a schematic so you can start wrapping nails through it and barbed wire around it. And by the end of it, it's fully reinforced with steel spikes, barbed wire, and a fucking saw blade through it. And when you stick that thing in someone's head and you actually see it, I'm gonna pull it out like, mm, yeah, it, it's quite horrible. Um, they play up on the mental health side of Deacon a little bit in this. Like when you're riding around on your own, he talks to himself constantly. And sometimes he'll be talking to himself, so, okay, get up over this hill and like, see who's over there. But the moment he realises there's like one of these ripper camps around, he's like full on, I've got to find him, got to fuck him up, got to kill him, got to kill him all, man. Fuck it, asshole, fuck it, asshole. And he's like literally going nuts in front of you. And the voice work for that's really, really good as well. It's not a patch on what they did in Hellblade, but it was a nice little touch. Um, there's a really interesting little cock-up with the um, sound recording in it, though, where he was clearly given very, very different voice direction to other people for scenes where he's meant to be on his bike. Yeah. He very realistically ups his voice as if he's speaking over a bike engine. <laughs> no one else does. <laughs> so it's like, so then, Deacon, where do you think we're going to go? We're going to get to the next camp! <laughs> and that is... One of the only things I have to say was really fucking immersion breaking. <laughs> um, <clears throat> like you can hear it in his performance. Like he's doing it really well. He's you know he's nailed what he's meant to be doing, but just no one else got the fucking memo, man. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, there is of course in the background a big umbrella style corporation called Nero, who mm. are researching the. Um, I keep wanting to call them Reapers now. Uh, the Freakers, Freakers, Reapers, Rippers. Right? Yeah, that's my three. Okay. So they're studying them and like you're doing odds and sods and jobs for them to kind of like, because you end up saving one of them. And he turns around and goes, oh, I used to work at this camp. And the camp he mentions is, of course, the one that your wife got dropped off to. Right. And he's like, okay, but you guys got overrun. He's like, well, yeah, but we got out before it happened. Um, Your girlfriend was working with us, so she was like high clearance. Odds are she got moved. And then the game just switches gear into you then going a bit nuts trying to find your wife who you've thought dead for the last two, three years. Um, yeah it's overall man I really really liked this um, so the, the actual bits where you fight the hordes just watch a YouTube clip of it okay. it's fucking terrifying like there's just so many of them just bundling at you 
Um, death animations, like, some, some stuff you can do to the guys is particularly nasty. Like get people caught in a trap and then blow their fucking heads straight off while they're like there in a bear trap sort of thing. Nice. Um, again, the, just the noises and the sound effects when you're just smacking people with these reinforced bats is really horrible. The selection of guns you get fairly standard selection of guns you don't get anything like a grenade launcher or a rocket launcher because right? you wouldn't have that then to be honest no and the way they work out how you can unlock what weapons when is as you go through the story you have more and more trust from each of the camps that you're working with like one camp will have all the parts for your bikes you can like upgrade your fuel tank suspension that's your general like plating on the bike so it can take more damage then like your guns as you earn more respect for this one camp they'll let you take more and more powerful guns um, you can do bounty hunting jobs. Um, there was an awesome one I did where completely at random I ended up to doing this mission at night time. I was chasing this guy down on my bike and like, you kind of does this auto-aim thing where you wait for it to, like the reticule to hit the centre and then that's when you try and shoot. And I'm chasing him down, I've got one more hit to get. Um, as like he clipped slightly and ended up riding off the road that he was on and down a hill. So I fly over him to try and sort of like, you know, continue the pursuit and as I'm in mid-air I just flick the camera down and I looked and we've literally going over a horde of freakers mm -hmm. so as we land he comes off of his bike so I can't stop and confirm the kill to get my bounty turns out he's still alive and running away anyway um, and as I look back the whole horde's just coming for me I like 400 at this point of these guys just bearing down on you screaming through like the, the woods and it was freaky as hell so right away from all of that lose them all for long enough I could then go back get pictures of the guy, like take it back. By the time I sort of like did this like forty minute round trip of like taking this mission, getting you know, running away from the horde, getting the the confirmation, getting back to the base, like it's like, dude, I'm gonna have a beer for you. Like I'm exhausted. <laughs> that really took it out of me. Um they've got a really cool mode in the extras as well where you can just if you once you finish the game you can go into like a, a separate menu you can just fight loads of different hordes or you can just keep going around the map and you can actually find out where they're all hidden, burn them all out. Take out all the different camps of all that. It's, it's got your like your basic open world trips is in there. So like you know, take out the bad guy camps and uh, there'll be less bad guys out on the road. Take out more freakiness, there'll be less freakers out and about. Um, yeah, I honestly I don't get the hate for this game at all. I thought it was really 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 good. Really enjoyed it. It was one of those ones where it doesn't do anything new, but everything that it does, it does really well. Oh, nice. um, so yeah Days Gone if you particularly <clears throat> at the moment I think it's cheap on the store at the moment as well like buy it play it It's a you can get a good 60 hours out of this easily I think I got more than that and I didn't even 100% the bloody thing yes but yeah but yeah it kind of just looking at pictures of it it sort of just looks like uh, it reminds me of one of the Far Cry games uh, yeah probably three or four yeah mm. one of them yeah, um, the one game it did remind me of a little bit was a game called State of Decay. Which yeah. was like, again, the first, I think both of them were on Game Pass actually. That was like the first ever proper, like, yeah, they are, yeah, dead game. Yeah. Where the idea is not to fight the zombies so much as it is, you know, you can fight them if there's a couple of them, but the idea is sneak around, get supplies, get the supplies back to your base, and pretty much the whole game is going out doing supply runs, looking after the mental health of the people in the. Um, and the trust levels of like you know the people in your camp and whatnot. Like, that was a really really cool idea for a game, but it was made as an Xbox arcade game rather than a full title. Okay. Um, so while it was it was probably the best zombie game out at that point, like I loved it. Um, but I got really stale with the guys who made it, um, Undead Labs, because they said if they basically if they sold five hundred thousand copies of the main game, um, they'd add multiplayer to it. 
They sold two and a half million copies of the game. They went, ah, we'll put it in the sequel. <laughs> and I deliberately didn't buy the second one. I was really annoyed. And then that came out for free on Game Pass. And I downloaded it, looked at it, and went, nah, I'm still pissed and deleted it again. <laughs> so I haven't actually played the second one. Mm. But yeah, so anyway. 2019. Yeah, that, that was Days Gone. Days Gone. Uh, so that's it for part one. Yeah, because we just realised this is going to go on for a long, a lot longer. <laughs> That's it for part one. Um, part two will probably be uploaded like at the same time, mm. so it won't be long. Um, we'll see you next time. Yeah. We'll hear you next time. No, we won't. I don't know why I keep saying that. It sounds polite, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. We'll see you next time with the numbers of views we've had next to our tracks online. Yeah. You'll hear us next time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll still be literally... Here. We'll still be here. Um, but yeah, this will be uploaded at the same time so you can just go straight into the next one. Yay! Yay! And again, any suggestions for anything else you want me to play, let me know. <laughs> I'm not done shitting myself yet. Yeah, and also, you know, as we've all got so much time on our hands, video games are a good way to keep your brain occupied. Yeah. Like, obviously, it engages your brain. You have to pay attention. Keeps your hands busy. Keeps your hands busy. Yeah. <laughs> all right, in a bit. Bye.